talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies, that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sin. Here we are back with episode two. This one is so good. I am really excited to talk about the first vision today. Before we get started on the lesson, I wanted to share a couple things that I heard some successes from friends. I hope if you have successes or things that have worked well for your family that you find a way to share them with me. Um, hopefully you can find me on Facebook on We Talk of Christ or um, if there's a way to contact me through the app that you're using to listen to the podcast, that would be awesome. So my friend that shared some things, she said that her family made, for family night, they made books you know, like a little, they folded paper and made books and they wrote on the front Doctrine and Covenants because they talked about how the Doctrine and Covenants were a book and they talked about who wrote the book. So they said it was, they drew a picture of Joseph Smith getting revelation and it was so cute because she has a five-year-old and a two-year-old, I think it is. And so the cute little pictures that they drew of, of revelation and what they think of when they, when they think of revelation, one drew squiggles coming out of Joseph's head and I thought that was the cutest thing. Um, and, and then, you know, they drew pictures of the church because he restored the church and it was such a cute idea. I thought that was really fun to introduce the Doctrine and Covenants that way. Um, she also heard, she told me that her five-year-old is really into like secret codes. So she made code for her kids to decipher and then every, for every section. So she got, um, if you listen to Don't Miss This. Um, in their little book or and on their podcast, they have kind of a keyword for the week. And the keyword for section one was hearken. So she made the, the, the code that her son can decipher spells the word hearken. And then they all talk about what that means. And I think that is the cutest idea. She said she would be happy to share that if, if anyone wants that. Maybe I can figure out a way to link that on my Facebook or something. So... Such cute ideas. I'm happy to share things that other people are doing that work well for their family. I wanted to just kind of start by letting you know that there are so many resources out there to help you dive into this. Uh, the first vision is really, there's a lot, lot out there that can help us understand and to really put ourselves into Joseph's shoes and understand where he's coming from. So I just wanted to let you know some of the things you can do to prepare yourself for the coming week of um, studying about the first vision with your family. You can do these things as a family. You could do these things on your own, individually, or just pick and choose. That's part of why I'm doing this podcast is I just want to help people see, and moms especially, Moms who are super busy, but dads, so grandmas, aunts, uncles, primary teachers, anybody who is working with kids and just feels overwhelmed with trying to do their own personal study and teach a family or teach kids the gospel. It can be really overwhelming. And I just wanted to give you a lot of resources or even just kind of break it down so that it's easy. So as I go through this list of things you can do to prepare yourself, don't feel overwhelmed. I'm just trying to help you feel like there's things you can do if you would like, okay? So, um, 
you can in the gospel uh, gospel library. Uh, if you go to Saints, you can read or listen to. It's really nice to listen to. I do it all the time. Listen to chapters in Saints. And there's a chapter in there on the First Division, which is great. It brings in accounts from different... T- uh, so Joseph wrote the account of the First Division multiple times. And I really like in Saints that it uses different accounts to kind of give us the full picture. So you could listen to that. You could watch the video of the First Division, which I think you should do as a family. But if you want to do it beforehand to just get your mind ready to go, that's something you could do. You can read the accounts of the First Vision yourself. Um, I listened to... uh, So last year when we were preparing ourselves for General Conference, I listened to a podcast called The First Division, a Joseph Smith Papers podcast. And I think there's four episodes, something like that. And it goes into kind of the history and all these things about the First Vision. It talks a lot about Joseph's family background. It talks about the different um, versions of Joseph's, him writing down about the First Vision, all the accounts he wrote. It talks all about that. And it talks a lot about the history of the, at the time. So you understand what was going on. And I really, really appreciated that because it's done by historians. It was very informative and it really strengthened my testimony. Also, at the end of the chapter in Individuals and Families Manual, there is a section called Voices of the Restoration. And this week, so in the Voices of the Restoration, it's going to quote people that were there that experienced these things. And I love that. We actually have quotes from people that were present and that so they're using quotes that are relevant to the lesson this week so the quotes are going to be from Joseph's family and his so his mother his brother and a quote from Joseph and those are really powerful so I strongly recommend you reading through those as well so as you get going here's some ideas of ways to introduce this for the week, so this could be your family home evening lesson, it could be a primary lesson, or it could even just be, you know, sitting around the breakfast, you know, everybody got their bowl of cereal or whatever, and, and you start talking about what you know about Joseph Smith. Ask the kids what they know. If they know anything, maybe they don't know anything about Joseph Smith, or maybe all they know is that he saw Jesus, or he saw Heavenly Father. Maybe they know that he said a prayer that was really important. If you start asking them, you have a springboard into the lesson and you can help them clear up any misconceptions they've had and just start teaching them. You can show them a picture of the first vision. That's a really visual way to help kids start thinking about what you're teaching. Um, You can ask them how it makes you feel that Joseph Smith and Jesus, or sorry, Heavenly Father and Jesus talked to Joseph Smith. I love that because if you talk about how it applies to them personally, that's going to help make it real to them. Um, And the last thing is you could ask the kids that like this probably would work a little bit older, work better with older kids is if Joseph came to our class, what would you ask him about his experience? And one of the things that one of the manuals talked about was that you could have a young man that's about 14 years old could dress up as Joseph Smith and he could come and he can either read an account of Joseph Smith's 
or he could, uh, as part of that also, he could answer the kids' questions. So it could make the kids feel a little bit more connected to Joseph and help help them understand how old he was. And, you know, maybe they'd make a connection. If it's their older brother or someone who's dressed up, it might help them get a better feel for what jo- who, who Joseph was and what he was like and, and his family, like his role in his family even. So that gets into the next section. So Joseph Smith's childhood. The manual, the primary manual says, learning about Joseph Smith's youth could help the children relate to him and prepare to learn from his experiences. Perhaps you can help them see how Joseph's experiences as a boy prepared him to be a prophet of God. So as you start teaching them about his life, here's some ideas of where to go with this. So in Doctrine and Covenants, we're in chapter section one. If you read verses three for 14, you can let the kids start comparing Joseph's childhood and his early life to their life. You could talk about things that are different, things that um, are the same. A lot of kids probably have things in common with Joseph. So here's some things that I gathered that you could either write down or just talk about with your family. So he was born in Vermont in 1805. That is a long time ago. He would be 215 years old this week. So I'm recording this on his birthday, actually. So today is Joseph Smith's birthday and he would be 215 years old today. It's pretty exciting that I'm doing this today. So Joseph's family moved when he was 10 years old. They moved from Vermont to New York. Joseph was one of nine kids. He had five brothers and three sisters. His dad's name was Joseph. His mom's name was Lucy. He had the same name as his dad. His family went to church, but not our church, because our church wasn't on the earth yet. He was confused. He didn't know which of the churches he should join. He read his scriptures, and he felt the spirit when he read the scriptures. He decided to pray. He had never said a prayer out loud before when he was 14 years old. That one, I hear that one, and it just, it struck me this time as how unique that is and how the kids might be amazed that Joseph had never said a prayer out loud before in his life, before he went to the sacred grove. The next section talks about how Heavenly Father hears and answers my prayers. This is seems like an obvious one as um, we learn about Joseph Smith. You learn he had a question, he went and he prayed, and he got an answer. It's so straightforward, and it's great to help the children see that if they also have a question, they can go to their Heavenly Father. So in verse 10, it says, In the midst of this war of words and tumult of opinions, I often said to myself, What is to be done? Who of all these parties are right, or are they all wrong together? If any one of them be right, which is it, and how shall I know it? So the question you ask your class, What do we do when we have questions about God? And I wanted to expand that to what do we do when we have questions at all? I think it's important to remember that the Holy Ghost, well, we're promised that the Holy Ghost will tell us the truth of all things. All things. We can have questions about anything, and we pray about it, and we will get an answer. But most especially in this lesson, it talks about if we have a question about God. Or a lot of any, like anything gospel-related, really. A lot of these 
same it, it's a pattern you're setting up a pattern of teaching your children how to respond when they have a question so some of the responses or things you can talk about or bring up um you talk about reading your scriptures joseph read the bible he was looking for an answer he said a prayer that's an obvious one in the older children section it says help the children see how studying the scriptures can help them find answers to their spiritual questions I think that's really important. That's a lot of what we're trying to help the kids understand is when you have a question, you can't always go to the scriptures. You can always pray. And bearing your testimony of experiences you've had of when you've gotten an answer in the scriptures is powerful. Another um, activity or kind of object lesson it talks about doing with the older children says show the children different books like an encyclopedia or a cookbook help them think of questions that these books could answer then show them a copy of the scriptures what questions can these books answer you might provide an example of a question that is answered in the scriptures and then it says to read together joseph smith history 10 through 11 which i just read verse 10 and it says find out what questions joseph had and what answers he found in the scriptures so I like this because it helps kids put something concrete. Like if you have a question about space, you can look up an astronomy book or look in an encyclopedia or sometimes you Google it, right? And there's ways to learn about the world around us or to learn a specific skill. Like if we want to learn how to cook, um, those who know me well know that that is a passion of mine. I cook a lot and I love it. And I read cookbooks for fun because I like to learn techniques and strategies and um so that's something that speaks to me when I want to learn something I do some research I study it I try to experiment upon the different techniques or different ways of doing something it's the same thing with the gospel if you have a question you study it out you try to find as much information as you can you experiment you try it out a little bit if you bear your testimony to the kids that that's how it works, they're going to start seeing the pattern and they're going to know that you know that it works. I think it's beautiful that we have the spirit that can testify to our words as we bear our testimony to our children. Um, another example you could do is says have a parent or someone stand outside, out of the kid's view. So if you're doing this in the, in the church, you would say stand outside the classroom door. But if you're doing this in your home, you could just have the person that you're working with just stand out of view of the kids and they can ask questions. And then the parent or the person standing out of view will answer them and they can answer them um, without speaking because we're helping the kids understand that Heavenly Father doesn't usually just talk to us when we have a question. He's going to do it in other ways. So the person can send a text message with the answer, send maybe um, someone into the room with the answer. So a messenger it could come from someone else. Maybe it's a phone call or maybe they send a picture or a sign in that kind of helps us figure out the answer ourselves. It helps the kids grasp the idea that when you ask Heavenly Father a question, you're not going to get a direct answer. And it doesn't always come right away. And sometimes you have to still put a little bit of work into figuring out your answer. I also really like the messenger 
Because so often for me personally, when I ask Heavenly Father a question, the answer comes from someone else so often that I'll be talking to a friend or my mom or one of my sisters or even my husband and I'll just be having a conversation and they say the answer to my question. And it amazes me how often that happens. Um, and even more frequently, it happens when I am listening to General Conference or studying words of the prophets. All right. And then there, so in the family guide, it has a link to, um, it's called guide to the scriptures. And there's in there, it's a section about revelation and it says communication from God to his children on earth. Revelation may come through the light of Christ and the Holy ghost by way of inspiration, visions, dreams, or visits by angels. Revelation provides guidance that can lead the faithful to eternal salvation in the celestial kingdom. It goes on to talk a lot more about revelation of prophets and revelation. The fact that, you know, if you are a prophet, you're receiving, they will receive revelation. I really like that. And it also talks about if you receive the Holy Ghost, you will receive revelation because that is the one of the roles of the Holy Ghost. So when you feel the spirit, you're receiving revelation. You're receiving revelation that what you're experiencing is true or real or even just God's love. And that's a revelation. I love that. I love that idea that revelation doesn't have to be a specific answer. It can just be the feeling of feeling love from your Heavenly Father. And then um, I really like breaking down a little bit more for younger kids or kids that just need a little bit more activity or um, um, just some different ways instead of just having conversations. So some ideas of, so it says, invite your kids to share an experience of when their prayers were answered and some of the ideas where they could draw a picture about it. They could write about it if your kids are old enough to write, which only one of mine is, but not quite old enough to like compose something. <laughs> um, you can get a video of you bearing your testimony about when you had your a prayer answered, or you could teach someone else how to pray. And I think that one could be really powerful in a family situation. My kids respond really well to each other when they have something powerful like that. And not always, but often I think it's, um, when, when my oldest has a strong testimony of prayer already. And a couple weeks ago, there was a, a toy that was lost and we looked and looked and looked. I mean, it was okay. It's a big hopper ball. So the kid sits on it and it bounces. And, um, so it's not easily lost because it's huge. It's like almost the size of a yoga ball. And they could not find it anywhere. And I was like, how could this be lost? We looked and looked for probably half an hour for this ball. And I finally told the kids, I said, maybe we should pray about it. And my second son, it's his ball. And he was not interested. He is a little bit obstinate when it comes to praying and reading scriptures and things like that. And so he didn't want to, but his older brother said, yes, I'm going to pray about it. And he got down on his knees right there in our, in the middle of our family room. The other kids were watching him, but he started praying out loud that they would find the ball. And he got up and he started looking again. And he, he went upstairs and he yelled down to me, he said, mom, I can't find it. 
And I said, you know what? Sometimes you have to give it a minute and the Holy Ghost will remind you where you put it. And I hadn't even gotten the words out of my mouth. And he said, Mom, I remembered. And he ran in their bedroom and opened the closet and it was in their closet. And he was so excited. And the other kids witnessed that. They saw his example and his willingness to pray about the ball. It was so powerful for our family to experience that. The next section is entitled, Joseph Saw God the Father in Jesus Christ. I, this is the objective of the lesson. I think a lot of it is tied back to our testimony of this is the root of our church right here. Like if Joseph saw God the Father, then the church is true. So I think this is this is a powerful part of the lesson. Um, from the Individuals and Families Manual, it says, When God appeared to Joseph Smith, he called Joseph by name. When have members of your family felt the Heavenly Father knows them personally? This is really good. I have had so many opportunities in my life to feel Heavenly Father's love for me and to feel connected to him in a very, very personal way. One of which was when I got my patriarchal blessing. Um, I had several opportunities when I was going to school at BYU-Idaho that I felt very close to my Heavenly Father and specific times that I can tell you exactly what I was doing, where I was, and the very strong feelings I had. Um, this is a good time for you to share those experiences with your family or let them share their experiences with you. Again, this is a good time for older kids to share their experiences with younger siblings. I think kids tune out their parents a lot, but hearing someone that's more their peer, I think they will respond to that really well. Now, not always. Some kids are a little bit uh, jealous or have a little bit of animosity toward their siblings, and that's understandable, but I think when you invite opportunities for kids to share their testimonies, it helps them solidify the testimony in their own mind. But I think it also gives them hope, the other kids hope, and a glimpse into what they could experience. It doesn't ha You don't have to be a mom or a dad or an old person to have these experiences. Now in the primary manual from the, the older children's section, it says each of the children you teach needs a testimony of Joseph Smith's experience in the sacred grove. How can you help them gain or strengthen their testimony? I think this is something to ponder on as a parent, as a teacher. Like, what? Think about your class specifically. Pray about your class specifically. What are things that you can do this week to help them strengthen their testimony of the sacred grove experience? The first vision. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ did come to Joseph Smith. How can you help your class know that with a surety how can you personally know that with a surety i think this is as much a lesson for you and as much an experience for you as it is for the kids in your class or in your family and if you don't have a strong testimony of it it's going to be really hard to convince your, your the people you're teaching that it's real so take some time to really think about how to strengthen your testimony or the testimony of your family Share how you gained your testimony of the sacred event. Now, that's even more likely to happen if it's recent, right? If you take the time this week to pray and to study the event, to think, to read Joseph's words, to maybe watch the video and to feel the spirit, 
and to pray, pray, pray about it, you will get an answer and you will get a confirmation and you can share that experience. You can show pictures of the first vision. I like one of the um, suggestions was to look at different renditions, different paintings of the first vision and talk about what you like about them. Talk about how they make you feel. Talk about maybe different things that the artist was feeling in each of those or maybe a specific aspect that they focused on. I've seen some pictures that focus a lot on Joseph and I've seen others that focus so much on the light. I think light is so, so powerful. I went to um, an exhibit at the Church History Museums. I mean, it's been, I don't even know how long ago that was. <laughs> Years. And they had lots of um, art of the first vision. And the one that stands out to me was the sculpture. And I loved it because just the way they portrayed Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ standing above Joseph Smith in the air in a sculpture. It was, it was powerful. And I loved it. Um, so you could look up things, pictures or other paintings that can help you think about it and just really um, get get different perspective. Something else you could do is encourage everyone to create their own artwork. It doesn't have to be like a painting or a drawing. It could be other types of art. It could be music. It could be a poem. Maybe it's just them... Um, writing about it and their feelings, trying to put themselves in Joseph's, Joseph's shoes a little bit, which again is the, the next one. It says, tell the story in your own words, helping them internalize that. That's one of the techniques when you're teaching children, um, comprehension in reading is to help them put, put the story into their own words. So that will be really good to make sure they understand it and, and really th think about it and internalize it. Um, you can ask the kids anything they know about the story. Maybe you just start by asking them everything they know and then you fill in the gaps. You can watch the, the movie. There's multiple renditions that the church has out. There's short ones and long ones and all kinds of things that you can watch. I, my, my kids definitely get a lot out of that. There's an activity page in the primary manual that is beautiful. The kids can color a picture of Jesus, Joseph Smith and Heavenly Father and um, Jesus. And um, it's, it's good to help them visualize that. Another thing, it says, imagine you are Joseph Smith. As you read the verses out loud, share thoughts and feelings. Um, I think that could be really good to really think about how Joseph was feeling at the time. Another thing it says, to review the account of the first vision, write summaries of each verse from verse 14 through 19 on separate slips of paper. So this is you beforehand, right? So before you sit down with your family or your primary class, you have these the summaries of each verse written on separate pieces of paper. And then you put them all in a container or in like a bag or something. And then you have the children choose them, or you can dump them all out, or however you feel. And then you put them in order, either like on a chalkboard or on the floor or whatever, and kind of try to put all the pieces in order and have the kids tell the story that way. I think that one, for me, has worked that kind of concept has worked really well for me in the past when I've been teaching primary, because it gets the kids hands-on, and it gets them talking to each other and really thinking about the story. 
And then <clears throat> it says, so we could read in verse 17, to have children, as you're reading verse 17, have the children find the words that Heavenly Father said. Giving the kids a piece of gold to look for, you know, go, go a little on a little hunt or something to listen to will really help them focus on what you're reading. So just for example, verse 17 says, No sooner it no sooner appeared than I found myself delivered from the enemy which held me bound. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him. So, what did Heavenly Father say? He said, This is my beloved son. Hear him. That's all. Those are the only words Heavenly Father said. But, how powerful. And those are the things that Heavenly Father has told or said about Jesus over and over again. He introduces Jesus Christ, and then Jesus instructs us and teaches us. And again, this is something that President Nelson has talked about, but we've talked about hear him. How do you hear him? How do you personally make an effort to listen to Jesus Christ and connect with him? All right, the last thing I want, the last um, example I wanted to share is to read Joseph Smith's testimony and think about what words or phrases show Joseph's faith. How can we have strong faith, even when others are persecuting us? I think this part of the lesson is a little bit hard to think about. For me, I uh, it's hard to imagine people not believing him, because I believe him. But you think about it, a 14-year-old boy going around talking about how he saw God, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be skeptical. But let's listen or read this verse, and um, I'll point out some things that maybe show Joseph's faith. It's verse 25. So it was with me. I had actually seen a light. And in the midst of that light, I saw two personages, and they did in reality speak to me. And though I was hated and persecuted for saying that I had seen a vision, Yet it was true, and while they were persecuting me, reviling me, and speaking all manner of evil against me falsely for so saying, I was led to say in my heart, Why persecute me for telling the truth? I have actually seen a vision, and who am I that I can withstand God? Or why does the world think to make me deny that I have actually seen? For I had seen a vision, I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it, neither dared I do it. At least I knew that by so doing, I would offend God and come under condemnation. It's beautiful. He's so strong. He sounds stalwart. He sounds unyielding. I love that he talks about that. I actually saw a light in reality. Um, and he says, I was persecuted, yet it was true. And it says, while they were doing these things, while they were persecuting him, he was led to say in his heart, why persecute me for telling the truth? And I, the most powerful words to me are, I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it, neither dared I do it. How powerful is it to listen to the testimony of Joseph Smith? You know the hard things that he went through. You understand that he, he suffered quite a bit, and he endured a lot, but he never denied that he saw God the Father. I feel like I should close this podcast by just sharing with you that I know this church is true. I know that Joseph saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. 
I went to the Sacred Grove when I was 14 years old. And the power and the feelings that I had there, I can never forget. But I didn't need to be there. I, I prayed when I went there and I was grateful for my parents who prepared us and took us there and gave us the opportunity to have a little bit of time on our own while we were there to pray and to read our scriptures and write in our journal. And I had a very powerful experience and felt the spirit so strongly. But while I was there, my answer, my answer was, you know, it's true. It wasn't, yes, it's true. It's, you know, it's true. I already knew it. And I am so grateful that I had parents who taught me and shared their testimonies with me and gave me opportunities to feel the spirit and to experience God's love for me. I know that Heavenly Father loves us so much, and that's why He has given us the opportunity to be on this earth with the gospel. It makes me want to shake some people when they don't see it, when they don't see how much Heavenly Father loves them, or they don't see the blessings that are right in front of them that Heavenly Father has given them. But I am grateful that I'm able to at least share it with you and share it with my family, and I know that that is the most important, that I share it with my family and teach them. And I hope all of you have a great experience with this and with your families and, and uh, any others that you teach. Hopefully you have an opportunity to take some time, even if it's just listening to saints, doing some audio. If you have time to listen to a podcast, hopefully you have time to listen to a little audiobook or watch the movie with your family just take a little bit of time it's not it's not too hard when you make it your priority I know it's really hard for me to find time to sit down and study the scriptures and to write in my journal like I like to but when I make it a priority my family's happier I'm happier and the spirit in our home is so strong so I hope you all are enjoying our podcast, enjoying my podcast and, and getting something out of it. If you have any feedback or questions or experiences you'd like to share, please find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called We Talk of Christ. And I look forward to hopefully meeting new people and finding new opportunities to share um, our experiences with raising our children. And I hope that you're feeling hopeful and confident and going into this week and, and being able to have a plan to invite your children to learn about Joseph Smith. So I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.